This week, we're talking about, so we talked about prayer, presence, gifts. We've talked some about service already. I'll talk a little bit more about that today. So today we're going to talk about, what's the last one? Witness. Now, I believe that if I said to you, I need you to go witness to ten people, or you can give me a thousand dollars, you'd say, where's my checkbook? Really? I think that's probably true because most of us have had an experience of witnessing of being like this aggressive thing, right? Like, and I'm guilty of it. I, I used to be, man, I used to be really good at witnessing to people. I had the little Evangel cube. Even have you ever seen those? It's like a, it's like a Rubik's cube, but as you walk through the steps, like you can tell people about Jesus. And and then I had gospel tracts. One of them looked like a dollar bill, and it was laying on the ground. And when they picked it up, they realized it was fake. And on the backside, it told them how they're going to hell if they don't pray a certain prayer. Like, I had that stuff and. And I was aggressive with it. You're laughing like I did. And, and I'll bet you've experienced people like I was who randomly in a grocery store are going to try to say to you, hey, if you died tonight, do you know if you're going to heaven or hell? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to heaven. Well, how do you know that? Like they just won't leave you alone about it, right? Or they come up to your door and they start asking you questions uninvited. That's not what I'm talking about today. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to read to you a passage of Scripture. It comes from the book of John. And this, to me, is the best example of witnessing, of testifying that we have in all of Scripture. In fact, the four Gospels are just people testifying and witnessing about what they have seen and what they have heard about the movement of God through Jesus. But listen to this. It comes from John chapter 1, starting with verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, so he, in this instance, is John the Baptist, which isn't John who wrote this gospel. I know, super confusing, but just trust me on that. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. So here's the thing. John the Baptist was a prophet and a rabbi of sorts. And so rabbis in ancient times always had disciples. So it's not a weird thing to hear that John had disciples. So two of his disciples were standing with him. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? Uh, In other words, why are you being so creepy? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated as teacher, where are you staying? Which means they got busted and they don't have a better question, so they just kind of uh, stammer, Oh, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. 
May God give us wisdom and courage as we try our best to discern the truth of Scripture and wisdom and courage as we do the best we can to apply it to our lives. Amen. So, witnessing is seeing what is happening, is telling people about what we're seeing, and is inviting people in to see as well. John the Baptist saw, John the Baptist told, John the Baptist told in a way that was invitational, and then Jesus said, come and see. That's the example that I want us to have when we talk about witnessing, when we practice witnessing, when we're learning about it. It's see what's happening, tell people what's happening, invite people in. So there are kind of two ways, well there's way more than two ways, I don't like to dichotomize things, but for this argument I want to say that there are essentially two different ways to think about Christianity. On one side, we can think about Christianity as a wall, and it's a protective wall, like we can use our faith to protect us, right, from the outside world. We can, we can protect our children from certain things by putting up a wall of faith. We can, we can do a lot of things that are good by building a wall of faith. We can make sure that, like, we can control situations around us pretty well because we have a wall to protect us. And as they say, good fences make good neighbors or good walls make good neighbors. And so our faith could be a wall. The other way of thinking about it is as a trampoline. I know that's not what you were expecting me to say. A trampoline. How many of you have ever jumped on a trampoline by yourself? It's a blast, right? Like, it's really a good time to jump on a trampoline by yourself. But how many of you have ever invited somebody to jump on a trampoline with you and then they get up there and jump? It's more fun. It's more fun to have people jump with you because like when you're by yourself, you know how high you're going to go. You know what you're about to do. But when somebody else is jumping with you, you never know. Like they may jump close to you at just the right time and like throw you sky high, you know. And you you just have that feeling of kind of being out of control and it's fun. Or you can play those games where like you curl up in a ball and grab your legs and you duck your head down and, and everybody jumps around you and tries to crack the egg. Remember that one? Like there's so many fun things you can do on a trampoline with other people. Our faith is a trampoline. It's not a wall. Our faith is to invite people in because as I read last week, Paul wrote to Timothy, hey, tell the rich people of the age not to be possessed by their things and not to chase after all that, but to give it away so that they can grab onto life that really is life. We want to invite people into life. Not into, hey, come into this protective shell with me where we don't let certain things in and we make sure that certain things don't get out. Our faith is more like a trampoline than a wall. Or it's more like an arrow that moves forward than a box that contains. That's who we are. So we, we see and we tell And we invite. We see the trampoline. We get on. We talk about how fun it is. And then we invite people in. I grew up in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Anybody know Carlsbad? Anybody know what Carlsbad's uh, men's sports team's mascot is? The cavemen. The mighty cavemen. 
Do you know what the girls' mascots are? The cave girls. Anybody have a problem with that? Cavemen, cave girls, I don't care. You can have your own problems with it because I was a caveman. <clears throat> but here's the thing. When I was in high school, our baseball teams were good, our softball teams were good, and everything else was mediocre to bad. And... Um, the girls' softball team had won more, nat- more uh, state championships than any other team in the nation. And they don't really play baseball um, or softball around the world, so they have won more state championships than any other softball team in the world, is the way I like to tell it. And so, um, but those girls had a problem with being cave girls while we were cavemen, and so they had T-shirts made up that said, uh, Carlsbad. Where the boys are cavemen and the girls are champions. I hated those shirts. I hated them so much. Drove me crazy that they wore those stupid shirts. Because it was true, right? But um, growing up in Carlsbad, you know Carlsbad's uh, famous for the caverns, right? It's a big cave. And there are a few ways that you can go through the caverns. If you, if you don't want to walk a long way, you can take the elevator down into the main room, walk around down there, and then take the elevator out. Or you can do the best way, which is you walk into the cave, and you get to the bottom, and you can look back up, and you see this like little light shaft in the, at the top, way up there. And it's just amazing to realize how far you walked and that that is the only natural light coming in at all. And you're about to walk into complete darkness. And then when you get to the bottom, when I was a kid, we had these little walkie-talkie things. And you could walk up to like whatever plaque there was. And it would have a number and you would push the button and you can listen. It was like high tech back then, right? And so you could listen and it would tell you all about what you were looking at. And if you look to your right, you'll see this. And look to your left, you'll see that. And kind of gave some of the history of it. But, uh, or you could just walk through and not do that, and you could just read the plaques. But the best way was to go through with an interpretive guide. And the interpretive guides would walk through the caverns with you and a group of people, and they would tell you stories along the way. And they would say, if you look over here, here's this thing. And then they would tell you like little insights, little things that most people wouldn't know because they hear all the stories and they experience all the things in the cave. That's witnessing. That has shaped the way that I think about witnessing as much as anything else. We are interpretive guides of truth and goodness. When we see it, we tell the people that are with us, that's true and that's good. And we invite people to see it also. So, last night, well, uh, I'll just tell you this. If you said to me, Ross, you have to pick one team, period, in all of sports, this is your team, and you would like to see them win a national championship more than anything else, pick the team. I would say New Mexico State men's basketball team. That would be my team. Like I would love to see them like go deep into the NCAA tournament, and then a few years later, like be the new Gonzaga or whatever. You know, like I really would love to see that. And so last night, I had the opportunity to sit next to Stuart Davenport, who cheers for the UTEP Miners, and watch our New Mexico State Aggies beat the UTEP Miners. But I didn't rub it in. I didn't rub it in last night. Yeah, just in public. I, who, who wants to do it privately? 
So, so here's the thing. I just witnessed to you. I just told you something that matters to me. I told you something that I saw. And I did it in a way that's fun enough that maybe you want to go watch New Mexico State beat UTEP sometime with Stuart, right? Like, you, I invited you in, so I just witnessed to you. So we are going to preach this sermon today. It's not just going to be me. I, am, I, I believe in participation of the body of Christ. And so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you two minutes. And with the people around you, I want you to tell them uh, one of three things. I want you to tell them your favorite sports team and why. Uh, if you don't have a favorite sports team, because I know some people don't, tell them your favorite band or musician and why. And if you don't have a favorite band or musician, we'll pray for you and give you the other option that you can tell them your favorite TV show or movie and why. You have two minutes, so don't, don't hog the time, okay? Ready? Go. Okay, you're done. That was two minutes. Okay, shut up. Quiet. It's enough. People, stop doing what I told you to do. You just witnessed. You just witnessed. You talked about something that matters to you, and you did it in a way that I'm sure was fun because I didn't see anybody like this. Like just not, not sharing, right? So you can do it. But here, here's the thing about witnessing um, around um, things outside of like TV or sports or movies or music. There are two things that you, they say you're not supposed to talk about in polite company. Politics and religion. You're not supposed to do that. And I'm not a very polite person because I talk about those two things a lot in all kinds of company. But it's because it matters, Right? And I think the things that matter to us, we should be able to talk about. The problem is when we talk about those two things in an exclusive way. So remember, we live life on a trampoline. We want to be able to invite people in. So when we draw a line in the sand and say, this is the correct way, and, and I'm in because I'm correct, and you're out because you're on the other side of the line, guess what? Jesus is always on that side. If you're going to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm in and you're out, Jesus is over there. We need to erase the lines and remember that we live life on a trampoline. We're not building walls. So if we live that way, we can talk about things that matter. Because we're not trying to say we're the correct person and everybody else is wrong. We can't... We're not trying to stand up and say that Donald Trump is the Messiah and Barack Obama was the Antichrist. Like, that's never going to get anybody anywhere in a real relationship. So here's the next thing I want you to do. I'm going to give you two minutes with the same people that you were with. And I want you to tell us, tell each other, where you wish you could see more goodness in the world. Where do you wish there was more goodness in the world? Or where you wish there was more godness in the world. But where is it in those places? That's not hard. If you watch the news, you can come up with a place right away. So where in, the, where in your world do you wish you could see more goodness? Two minutes. Go. Looks like you've uh, started quieting down. So you did it again. Now you've witnessed. Because there's this thing in the Bible called prophecy. And the prophets, in the old, in the, especially in the Hebrew Bible weren't doing so there are two kinds of prophecy there's foretelling prophecy which is about 
what, well, there's foretelling and there's forthtelling. So forthtelling prophecy is like, this is what's going forth. This is the future of things. Foretelling prophet. wait, I'm getting them backwards. Never mind. There are two kinds of prophecy. There's the kind about telling the future and there's the kind about telling now. And what you just did was you prophesied about now. Like, this is where it seems really dark in the world, and I wish there was more goodness there. So if you read, like, the prophet Amos, Amos will go through, who's in the women's Bible study in here? We just went through the book of Amos. And so Amos, he's upset, like God is speaking through him and is upset because the Jewish people, the Israelites, are stepping on people to get to a higher place. They're oppressing people just so they can get more money. And they're doing it in the name of another God. And so God is upset and saying, stop doing these things. There's too much darkness. You're to be a city on the hill. You're to be the people who spread light around, not darkness. And it's God showing love for the people who are oppressed. And it's God showing love for the Israelites, because whenever we harm somebody, we're not just harming them, we're harming ourselves as well. And so you just prophesied. You said, this is a place in the world where I wish there was more good. So I counted, there are over a hundred of us in the room, I lost count at some point, but uh, I lost count around a hundred and I still had people to count. So I preached a sermon already, at least one. (laughs) But You all preached also, so if everybody in this room just witnessed about where we wish there was more good in the world, that's like 200-something sermons that have been preached this morning. 200 times that we have witnessed to the action of God in this world. So now we're going to do it again. And I want you to do what John the Baptist did when he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I want you to share with the same people, where in your world do you see God at work? Where in your world do you see good rising up? Where in your world do you see resurrection coming from death? You have two minutes. Go. All right, wrap it up. Okay. All right. It's a little easier to quiet you down about this one than it was talking about sports. But still, think about it. Okay, so you witnessed by prophesying. This is a place of darkness. This is where I wish there was more goodness. And then you witnessed by saying, look the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look, there's resurrection. There's light in the darkness. Look, these things are happening. I've seen it with my own two eyes. There are over a hundred of us in the room. And you've shared where you wish you saw more God, where you wish God's action was more visible. And you've shared where God's action is visible. So about 400 times now, we've witnessed this morning. We together have preached this sermon. I want to tell you this. I think um, everybody, did everybody receive one of these cards as you came in? This is what we're about. 
This is what No Fear November was about. I want you to take this card home. I want you to put it on the dashboard of your truck or your car. I want you to put it in a Ziploc bag and hang it in the shower. I want you to put it in front of the sink where you do dishes. I want you to hang it from the refrigerator. Someplace that you'll see it. Because this is the way that we grow in our faith. This is the way we practice our faith and grow in it. This is the way that we change the world around us by changing ourselves first, by allowing God to work within us. So as Methodists, we pray. There are the hands praying. You see that. And this talks about the ways that we pray, lots of different ways to pray. There's not one correct way, but we pray. And then the next symbol, you may recognize that. That's like the pin on a map, right? We're going to be present. Wherever we are, that's where we're going to try to be. We're trying to keep our minds and our souls in place. And then the next is gifts. We have lots and lots of gifts, an abundance of gifts. And we're going to share them. And we're going to be generous. And we're, by doing that, we're going to free ourselves from being possessed by vapor, something that's not going to last anyway. And then you see the gears of service. That's the action part. <coughs> we're going to get to work. The big ask, the card that went out five weeks ago, look at that. Figure out where in this church you can serve, and if there's not a good place in this church for you to serve, talk to us, because I'll put you to work doing something. I promise. And then lastly is the eye of eyewitnessing. We are people who see, we are people who tell, and we are people who invite. Prayer, presence, gifts, service, and witness. That is our way. Next spring, I'm going to be preaching about developing a rule of life for yourself. And I'm going to try to encourage all of us to use this as our rule of life. May we go and be people who talk, pray, think, and do. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good sermon, y'all. Let's stand up one more time and witness to each other right now. What is it that you believe? We believe in God, creator of all that is and all that is to come. In God's house are many rooms and God prepares a place for us so that where God is, we may be also. We believe in God. We believe also in Christ, who is our way, our truth, and our life. Through Him we have seen God, who lived and worked in Him. We believe in the Holy Spirit, who lives and works in us, so that we may do the works that Jesus does, and even greater works, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Alleluia. You can be seated. Now you have another opportunity to witness to the goodness of God because we have an abundance of things and we need to give some of them away. But also, there's this risk factor, right? Like, we think sometimes that there is not enough. And by testing that and giving some away, we find out that God really is abundantly, abundantly loving and giving. And so as the plate comes by you, give. Give freely of the things that you have, but... Also understand that this isn't the only time. 
this week, you'll have an opportunity every day to be generous, whether that be with stuff or whether that be with just your life, the way that you live, the way that you serve, the way that you love. Let's be people who are ridiculously generous, who are shockingly generous with ourselves and our things. Ushers, you can come forward. ways that you can give is this coming Saturday uh, Mike Daves leads a group of men to build ramps uh, Vern Smith and and uh, who else anybody else in this room have you built a ramp Ken of course your dad made you but that's okay this week on Hadley Street uh, this coming Saturday they're going to build a ramp and it's the biggest ramp that they've ever built and usually they have about 8 to 10 guys show up, but they need about 20 to 25 people to show up and build this ramp. Because if you don't know how to cut a piece of plywood or a piece of uh, 2x4, that's okay. If you can hold it so somebody can cut it, if you can hold it so somebody can, can screw it in, you're doing good. And we need a lot of people to do this because this ramp is going to take a long time to build. So I'm looking at you, Tyler. And as I look at you, I'm looking at myself. And as I look at you, Eric, and as I look at you, Michael, and as I look at you, uh, Trevor, and as I look at you, uh, Erica, as I look at all of you in this room, I'm asking you, could you please show up this week and help build this ramp? Because in the end, this ramp is going to do amazing things for these people. And in the end, this ramp, when we walk away... Every day that these people walk up this ramp, it's going to be a witness. Please think about joining. See uh, Ken Daves. Ken, stand up so people can see you. Or see me after service if you want to be a part of this ramp. Thank you. So as we close out the service with this last song, um, I really want us to kind of reflect on what Pastor said about witnessing. And I find that a lot of times uh, worship songs are really uh, good tools, right? You can take sometimes verses directly out of a song um, and tell somebody uh, if they want to hear, like, what is God like, right? What is God like? What is it like to be a Christian? What is it like to have that kind of faith? Um, so as we do this last song, keep that in mind. And uh, we refer to God as, as Father, you know, and the Bible refers to Him as Father. Um, and He is a good, good, good Father. So let's go ahead and stand up one last time and uh, sing this song together.